If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. We are Quail. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. Alan Danziger here from the rec room. Radio Free Brooklyn presents Lost and Rewound, where we dig into your uh, rare, unreleased, old sounds from the past or perhaps the present or perhaps uh, somewhere uh, that doesn't even exist yet in time because whatever time is a construct. Uh, (laughs) We do this every week here on Radio Free Brooklyn as a means to dig into your sounds and learn a little bit about how you got from there to here. If you, like our guests this week, want to be on the show, by all means, email the show at lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. There is so much show that is happening that our intro is a little bit different this week. We have currently virtually an entire band, an entire band, six eighths of a band. The band Quail joins us this week by virtual means. Quail is an octet based out of Ithaca, New York, from Ithaca College, my alma mater. We have bassist Anna Young. Hi, everyone. We have keyboardist Dan Yap. What's up, everyone? We have drummer Jacob Graham. Hey, hey. We have tenor saxophonist, tenor saxophonist, Ali DeReagan. Hey there. We have trumpeter Gabe Zoll. Hello. And the amazing singer of Quail. Her name is Madison Carroll. Hello to you all. Hello to you, Madison. Woo, hello, everyone. And last but not least. My faithful cohort, Miss Rachel Teichman. Here I am, y'all. I woke up in Queens this time. One time I woke up in Brooklyn at the rec room. But here I am, virtually, digitally, this... hyperspace 2020. Ah, it's amazing. It's happening. This we is... have a whole six ace of an octet in here. Yes. I. This is This is unprecedented. I don't think I even in like before times ever thought I would be having uh, like a round table in person, but in zoom, anything is possible. So thank you guys so much for doing this. Thank Thank you you for having us. The other two are, (laughs) the other two aren't available. One is uh, working and the other one is currently driving back from Yosemite. Yeah. Yeah. Sam is got a little stuck, but yeah, he should be coming back soon. Hopefully. Any one of you been uh, going away at all? Have Or have everyone mostly just been sheltering in place? Mostly staying put. I, I know Anna goes back and forth between upstate and the city. Uh, I just went up to Ithaca mm-hmm. to, to some stuff. And Dan and I were roommates, uh, so I had to grab some stuff from him. 
seems like you guys are all more or less spread out on the East Coast. Um, I know a couple of you are in New York City, and then some of you are in upstate New York. And then, Madison, you're in Boston? Yes. Being in a band with so many people, it must make practicing such an unusual experience. When did the band form officially? The band formed, uh, it was, I think we had our first like rehearsal. And we formed in like November of 2018. And then we had our first show in February of 2019 at a Planned Parenthood benefit fundraiser show. It went very well. And we decided that it was something that we wanted to continue for a long time. We've been together for a little over two years, or a little over a year. And I was not the original singer when the band formed. They had a different singer who ended up transferring. Her name's Giovanna Ritchie, and she's a badass who lives in Washington Heights. Um, and then I joined our second show in April, which was at The Hunt in Ithaca. Maddie, you were at that first show, right? I was at the first show. Front row. Wow. You can actually hear Maddie in the live recordings from the show screaming and cheering. That's so awesome. So once a fan and then uh, a, a now the a member of the band. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, still a fan. I am absolutely gobsmacked that the haunt is still kicking. It is one of the coolest venues in town. You can like I, I, I remember like Corey Wong came through there. Uh, Lawrence came through there. Like you, you don't expect to get like bigger names there and it's just such this like cool like intimate space the kind of shows that you're playing uh, i suppose you really are, you need to bring in all of your friends but uh there must be a really rich local scene that's still uh kicking about in ithaca a lot uh, you know with plenty of students who graduate and stay in ithaca or just in general people who come back how has it been connecting with other local musicians outside of college outside of uh, campus it's been really yeah. yeah dan do you want to talk about fault yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I can talk about it because I actually am somebody who's graduating and staying in Ithaca. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I just graduated this year. Um, the music scene in the college and the music scene in the town are all just very intermingled. Everyone knows everyone else. It's a very small town. Well, there's a bunch of bands, you know, but a lot of them have the same members, um, share members and everything. A lot of them are pretty much the same people who just play different kinds of music um, <laughs> on different nights. And the the local people are always really happy to bring people from the college into the fold and play with them, which is really great. Living in Ithaca after you graduate is a decision that you made uh, specifically to be able to stay rooted within that scene and to like always make sure that there's sort of like a set, like in, if everybody else is elsewhere, they'll at least be like one of you who's there to like help uh, get the, the shows booked, etc. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it definitely is staying with Quail because um, keys are, aren't actually my main instrument. I'm actually a trumpet player, but this band is like, I just have the most fun out of any of the groups that I've played in and I want to stick around to be a part of it. Um, and also, you know, just like with COVID and everything, um, I'm looking at going to grad school, but that isn't looking like a realistic possibility for the next year, at least, if not two years. I know the walls of Whalen well. Um, you kind of are a little bit of, of a fortress of sorts, uh, but you're all talented and uh, classically trained musicians. Uh, did you all find each other more or less? I mean, Madison, of course, was seeing the band, but even still, like I'm sure like you're all seeing each other around the music school. And uh, were you guys taking classes together before you finally like struck up friendships? I think it, it kind of all 
came out naturally through like our ensembles because a lot of us are in different like jazz ensembles and we all just like have heard each other play and Madison was in the vocal jazz ensemble and I was in that too so we like Wayland's a very tight-knit circle and like everyone ends up playing with everyone else on like a recital or a gig everyone's just playing all the time with everybody else and so and it, it was a an organic process yeah and, and also like i played in a band with anna's brother i'm two years older than you i think anna and your brother was a year above me and so i played with him in a band for a while so anna asked me and like she was like do you know of any keys players that are like around to playing quail and i was like i mean i can do it till you find someone like <laughs> i can just sit in and then ended up just staying there <laughs> I feel like that's how it always goes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel like a lot of our friendships too, when we formed the band, we like all, a lot of, some of us were like closer friends than others. And a lot of us, we kind of knew that the other people existed throughout the music school. But then it was like when we were becoming a band and through all the rehearsals and shows, that's where like the friendships really formed and like where the bond really happened. So it was interesting to do it like that way versus we're all really good friends. We play music. Let's make a band. It's so cool. It's like a, such an organic experience because you all know about each other. You all know about your talents. There isn't like any sort of uh, auditioning that needs to happen. It's almost like in Rachel, maybe you could uh, tack onto this, but even still, like I think any of you guys who know your friends who are in the theater world, um, it very much seems almost like an improv team where there is those who know how good each other are and they just link up and just feels right. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Like some of the projects I work on, it's like a no brainer with who I'm going to work with. It's like obvious a lot of the time. Allie, when you were younger, did you ever think that you would be using your talents to be in a band of this nature? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, this band has really helped me kind of create my identity as a musician. I started out only playing classical saxophone like i auditioned on classical saxophone got in on classical saxophone and that's how i ended up here and i was an ed major and i was in the classical saxophone studio but uh with playing with quail it helped me realize how much i loved performing and how much i loved that community you can get with other performers so i i switched to jazz studies and performance there Gabe, you grew up in New York. Did you ever think that your talents uh, as a trumpet player would bring you to be playing uh, in a band like this? I mean, I, I've always loved playing and I wanted to play in a, in a group of this sort. But it's funny, like Jacob was saying before, I'm not a music major at Ithaca. So You're not? I wanted to play, no, and I wanted to play with a band, but I guess the music scene at Ithaca kind of made it easy just for all of us to come together because it's funny, my brother and Anna's brother went to high school together and they played together a lot. Wow. And we happened to be in a jazz band together, our freshman year. And I didn't even know. I didn't know who Anna was. I just knew that my brother's friend's sister went to Ithaca. And then she hit me up saying that he was a trumpet player. So it's just funny how that all worked. Um, I feel like the music scene at Ithaca really kind of pushed us to come together, how open it is. Well, at this time, uh, I want to actually play one of your songs. Uh, this is a new song that's released last month, uh, or not even, uh, earlier this month. We're still in July. We're almost in August, but not quite. Uh, it's called Crazy, uh, and it could be heard on your Bandcamp, quailtheband.bandcamp.com. But we're going to play it for Radio Free Brooklyn. Crazy by Quail. You should get some kind of company and friends that don't include me. Every time that you light up my phone, you're not who I want to see. I've been playing this, but now I think that you should hear honestly. 
that I'm a one and only. Lately, I've been thinking to myself, I need to get something new. Wonder why I ever spent more than a minute talking to fools like you. Acting like I'm interested in waiting for you to make a move. I should get a trophy.
beautiful. Beautiful. Just, ah, Rachel, on the scale of uh, one to 10, what's the flaming status on that song? Um, well, on a scale of one to 10, I would say a 10 out of 10 flame and flame. however, yeah. uh, on a scale of flame to flame and hot Cheetos, I'd say that they are absolutely the flame and hot Cheetos. Did you guys record that in Ithaca yet? Yeah. We recorded that the week before spring break. So we recorded it and then we're booted out of school. So. Yeah, that was the last thing that we recorded all yeah. together. I remember too, Anna was like, oh, should we do the harmonies? We can just do them when we get back. And we were like, let's just bang them out just in case. I think that was like the Sunday. And then we overdubbed the vocals like the Wednesday or something. And then we were out by Friday. Wow. Yeah, I was I was staying uh, through spring break to to play a musical. And I remember like one of the last things that I did was coming back into the building and tracking that tambourine part at the end. And then a couple other like per overdubs for some other tracks that we're working on. But like that was like the last thing that I did for Quail before all of this started happening. Yeah, and Dan was going on and on about like, oh man, we're not going back to school and we're not going back to school. And literally, like, you know, we were calling him crazy. And, uh, but I guess he was right this time. <laughs> it is just fun um, listening to Blue Skies and then listening to Crazy. I mean, you guys have a lot of fun. That band sound that you guys have is, there's nothing loose there. It's all like super tight. But that said, there's some kind of nice like feeling that I get when I hear you guys where I am back and I'm listening to some like jam band in the commons or something. And I, and I just, you guys must be really influenced by just the general nature of being in college and having that sort of uh, being in that environment. Kids, you know, are really into that. Yeah. I think for sure when we're like anytime in rehearsal, definitely at least in like one rehearsal, you'll hear us being like people, like when we play this, this is like the dancing is going to be like happening so hard and like, oh, people are going to like love this part. So it's definitely a big influence in terms of like the types of songs that we play and how we arrange them and the covers that we do. Just because, I mean, we, like we all know from being in Ithaca and, and being on the comments and going to concerts, like what we like to hear, especially in like a college scene and like how we like to dance in an audience. And it's just, it's fun being able to make that sound ourselves and give that to other people too. I would be uh, remiss to not ask what uh, the scenario will look like uh, now with studies going into the next uh, semester or the next year um, and how what that does to you guys as a band. And uh, is it now that you have to just continue practicing and continue uh, trying to create music in a social distance manner? The one thing that hasn't gone away through all of this has been like the energy that we're all bringing to this band because like, we're all still really excited about it. I think just the bigger hurdle was like, how do we do it? It's not, do we do it? It's not, what do we do? It's how do we do it? Um, and so like, I've been learning a lot more about recording stuff. Luckily our, our guitarist, Sam, who's, who's unable to join us right now, somewhere out in California, he's a sound recording major. So he's been huge in like helping us figure out how to like coordinate sending tracks to each other and just trying to figure out like, how can we make music over the internet so like i bought a bunch of microphones and i've been setting up my stuff me anna and madison put together a cover track of a yeba tune that was like a cool like experiment and like how do we make music virtually i think we're in a really lucky spot most of us at least uh because we still have some time left in school even if that's like a year from now 
Um, a lot of us are planning on heading back up to Ithaca and just kind of living there. So hopefully we'll be able to figure out some way to make music. Actually, when I went up to get my stuff from school last weekend, I met with our recording engineer, one of our recording engineers, and recorded the last two tracks for our album. And we were wearing masks and like set up a booth really far away from each other. There are ways to do it. So I think we're in a really lucky position in that the money that we make doesn't support all eight of us. It couldn't possibly, but (laughs) it doesn't need to right now because we're still college students and we have other jobs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's a learning curve. And I think now we're getting to a point where like we understand like what it's going to take to still do music. And we're like trying right now, we're trying to launch a new cover series for like our social media and stuff to just keep ourselves going and keep music coming out. Because I think it was really important for us to not take this as like, shoot, like we're not together. We, I guess we can't play music. Um, So just trying to figure out all that. And as for the fall coming up, we don't really know, honestly, what's happening. So I think it's going to be a lot. If we can play a show, like a safe, maybe outside show, we'd love to do it. If that's realistic, is like up in the air. But we're definitely going to keep trying to get music out in any way that we can. And I think, yeah, like like Jacob was saying, it's the community of us. We, we found a way to do it. And we found a way to still connect and have fun virtually. Who came up with the name Quail? It was all Anna. Was it like meant for quail eggs because I get really excited when I'm at the store and I see quail eggs. We do now too, just because of the name. I was on a road trip with my family years ago and there was a house that we stayed at that was across the street from a road called the Quail Trail. I'm from New York. I see pigeons. Those are the birds that I know. So I was like, whoa, quail, that's a cool word. And then I played Scrabble that night with my family. And when I play Scrabble, I tend to want to get one word and we'll spend the entire game trying to get that one word. So I really tried to spell quail and it came to the end and I had all the letters except for the Q, which my brother had and he wouldn't give it to me. So from that day, I vowed that if I had a band, I know, right? (laughs) If I had a band, I would name it quail. And then when we were trying to find band names, I brought it up and they did not hate it. So it became the band name. (laughs) That's an amazing origin story. That's great. (laughs) I didn't know that Scrabble story, Anna. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's yeah, not yeah. how you play Scrabble. That's also not how you play <laughs> no, Scrabble. I, I never claimed to be good at Scrabble. I never claimed to be good at it. She doesn't play to win. She plays to get one. <laughs> I, I start wanting to win, and then it becomes, oh, I want to spell this word. And then I never win. And the trading letters, I just don't. <laughs> well, it was mind. the last turn. Yeah, what is it, like, go fish? I, I got all the letters, and I know you have the cue. I'm not going to win. <laughs> Q is, besides Z, I think the best letter to have in Scrabble, but I think they only have like two or maybe, if maybe one. So it's, Yeah, it's, I think it's two. Yeah, those 10-point letters say, man, get you every time. I played, I played Scrabble in the quarantine, and I spelled quail. And that was like full circle. So you that's did what sign. you had to do. That's yeah. a sign. That's a sign that it's meant to be. When, when we return, Rachel and I have six-eighths of the band Quail that, based out of Ithaca, New York, here with us on Zoom. And uh, when we return from this quick word from RFB, um, both Anna and Madison have tracks to contribute. And uh, I cannot wait to see how this uh, group listening session goes. It's Lost and Rewound. On Radio Free. 
Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Let's start with you, Anna. You have uh, a couple tracks here that you shared, uh, and these are all both from 2017. Uh, Exhibit One has an amazing name, and we must uh, address it. What, what, what's the full title? Uh, Crystal Forest of... Crystal Forest of, of the Sacred Fog. Did any of you know that this existed? This is the first time hearing of it, and this sounds like the greatest Dungeons & Dragons campaign ever. <laughs> I've never heard this before, either. Should we just dive right in? Just dive right in. All right. Every 
sounded great. I, I mean, anything I've heard that like Anna's written, honestly, has always been great. I have no doubt before I hear something Anna's written. I, I mean, I love this. Yeah, Anna's an absolutely killing songwriter. Um, you know, even outside of Quill, like we've worked on a few projects together, and it's just like she can just bang out like a super catchy pop song in like 15, 20 minutes. It's it's really ridiculous. <laughs> Allie, what about you? Did you think that you were in a forest when you were listening to it? Yeah, I was all up in that forest, man. <laughs> all up in the forest, all up in the fog. Jacob, for you, uh, did it live up to the expectations of the, the D&D sort of realm? Yeah, Anna has like has this knack for writing tunes that just like take you to like three or four different places. Like I, I joke around like with Anna that sometimes like she writes two songs mashed together in one and it's just like, this is a whole freaking journey. Especially the longer tunes. Anna sent this one to me before, but uh, the longer tunes have a way of really taking you on this journey, I guess, of starting in one place, going through like usually a breakdown section and then ending in the same place, but slightly different. It's really cool. Rachel, what's your favorite really long song of all time? Oh, man. Um, I would have to say probably... So, like, Green Day usually puts one really long song on each album. So, I'll go with any one of those. (laughs) Yeah, I forget the name of it. Someone once did one of those songs for karaoke, and it really pissed me off. I was like, really? You're going to do a nine-minute Green Day song for karaoke? That is such a vibe. That is such a mood. (laughs) I can get into that. That's like when you feel like you have no power in this world and you go to karaoke and choose a nine minute song. I, that's how you get your power back. The audacity of someone saying, I'm going to take up nine minutes of everyone's time to <laughs> sing green day. Yeah. Like, I, love I it. want that kind of energy. I'm going to sing Jesus of suburbia at the top of my lungs. <laughs> that, that's that's exactly. what song it was. That was what it was. It was Jesus of suburbia. Was it? Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, if you see that on karaoke, <laughs> you got to do it. Like, what what was the inspiration uh, that brought you to write that song? Uh, was there? I mean, the the, uh, the group has uh, sung your praises about us having uh, uh, these very complex arrangements. Uh, was there a specific arrangement that inspired you with that song? Yeah, I was in high school. I really, really, got, especially that year, I really got into Wilco. So there was a little bit of inspiration in the vibe of like the acoustic guitar and playing some of the melodies. I played in like a jazz band. A lot of my friends in high school were like big jazz heads and so a lot of the times in writing I would try to do like these more complicated things than they actually had to be so for this song I was kind of like okay well I don't really want to do a lot of complicated things I want to keep it pretty simple and then the arrangement it got a little bit more complicated so then by the end I was like okay well now I'm gonna put in some weirder things so I was trying to stick more to like the sound that I was listening to which was a lot of Wilco which is a lot of like acoustic guitar that also could sound like electric and like tinny, if that makes sense. Um, so a lot of that where in, was, in terms of the sound. Yeah. Where was that performed? It sounded like you had a good audience there. I went to LaGuardia, which is a performing arts high school. I was in the new music ensemble, which is an ensemble where uh, students get together and we write music and then we bring the music to the whole ensemble. And it's like a modern pop rock fusion group type ensemble. And then we have three shows that was at, uh, our winter show, which is like in the basement of the school. Um, so it was actually like video audio uh, and then mixed with like a synth over it. That's really cool. I love the sound of it. Tell us more uh, about this next track we're going to listen to, Lifetime's Letter. Is it sort of the same similar vibe we got from the first one? 
Yeah, this one is a little bit more ballady. It's also Wilco-y inspired uh, in terms of, especially in terms of a line at the end of it. Um, but it's a little bit more ballady uh, and stripped down a little bit more and, and rawer than the last one.
gorgeous. Wow. That was Thank you. that was epic, Thank girl. You. Damn. Um, Thank you. That was flaming. Thank you so much. Um hearing this it makes me wonder all of you if you have taken a lot of inspiration from older siblings from parents uh to guide you down the path of being musicians. Anna, you said that you had an older brother who you played music with as well, right? Yeah, he actually was playing guitar on that it's on that incredible, recording. Incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable guitar work. And just like nice to be able to like hear that kind of collaboration with siblings. Is is similar with all y'all? Jacob, you'd be a drummer, I imagine. You must have a play of family who wanna be like, Yeah, get it on it, man. I am the only uh Sorry, not the only musician in my immediate family anymore. My niece Juliana is three years old and she crushes it yeah. on the tambourine. Nice. Um, I got her ukulele for her birthday and she loves that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the only musician in the family. I had uncles and my grandfather was a drummer when he was a kid, but my family was always big into like, okay, if this is what you want to do, then like, we'll do it. They were able to get me lessons and driving me to gigs and stuff. I, I was usually like the kid in the bar who was only allowed in the bar because his parents were there and he was going to be playing with the band in like 45 minutes. So like, be cool about it. <laughs> Allie, what about yourself? Both of my parents are actually uh, musicians. My dad's a professional trombonist and my mom's a music teacher. Uh, and my mom actually plays saxophone. So that's how I even got into saxophone. And she kind of, well, she kind of forced me into it <laughs> uh, because um, she was my band teacher in elementary school. And she's like, we don't have any saxophonists. So you're going to play the saxophone. But, you know, it's great to have family that is so into music uh, because just getting that support and like allowing people, like people allowing you to play really, really loud and really, really poorly when you're just starting out is a big, important thing to have with uh, what Jacob said. It's more of a supportive thing for most people than like a, we are musicians, too. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure my, my parents and your parents could talk about having kids playing loud instruments really poorly. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gabe, did you have a similar experience uh, to Ali's? Yeah, a little bit. Um, my parents were musicians, but my brother's also a trumpet player. Um, so that he definitely gave me a lot of influence. And uh, my brother and Anna's brother used to collaborate a lot. On right, the you were saying. So that's kind of cool. What about yourself, Dan? Yeah, I definitely didn't grow up in a musical family. I just kind of had to figure it out on my own. I wanted to play trumpet in like fourth grade, and they were like, no, we have too many trumpet players. You got to play the saxophone. And I played that for like a year, and I hated it. Um, <laughs> and then ended up picking it back up a bit later, actually, just for fun. When I was in like sixth or seventh grade, I started playing trumpet. When I was a freshman in college, I started playing keyboards just because I was playing so much trumpet. You know, I didn't have the capacity to play gigs and practice as much as I needed to and transcribing like everything so i i started using keys as a way to practice when i wasn't playing the trumpet we want to uh pivot over from anna to madison thank you for those contributions anna uh similar to what okay. we were asking to the group madison uh w would you say is a certain similar thing that you had musicians in the family to inspire you that were you always singing even from an early age yeah i was always singing i have like home movies where i was just like two or something and whipping out some weird tunes um but my family is not musical they love music though i grew up on a lot of like stevie wonder and like Jimi hendrix my dad's a big classic rock guy they've always been super supportive 
I feel like I kind of always thought it would just be like a party trick type thing. Someone could whip out a guitar and I would sing and have my kids toddling beside me at a barbecue or something. And then it wasn't until I watched Glee that I was like, you know what? No, like this can be my dream and this can be my profession. So I got into theater and then tried to do that whole thing. And now I'm kind of back doing both. Do you have names for the contributions that you have for us this hour? No, not yet. So usually like when I am working on stuff, I just write something song. So like the first one would probably be like honest song. Second one would be like honey song. Yeah. But um, I'm horrible with titles. Yeah, no, same here. Tracks that you provided are actually more recent, but they're projects that are entirely different from that of Quails. Yes. Okay. Um, so this first track that we're going to listen to. If this is the one I'm thinking about, I wrote the song because I was frustrated. A lot of the times I think that if I have like a bad week singing or if I have a bad voice lesson, that I am worth nothing and I'm a worthless piece of trash. And, and I don't think that all the time, but I do think when I lose my voice or get sick, I'm all of a sudden like, oh, I don't mean anything. Like, I don't have a purpose if I can't use my instrument and if I can't do it. That's I'm music school for you. <laughs> That's music school. <laughs> so my voice teacher said you should write a song about your voice and how you feel about it. So this is about her good old pipes. How do you make me feel? Someone like you 
was the lovely oliver scott on piano by the way that was a virtual recording as well that was a virtual recording yes wow yeah did not sound like that at all our recording engineer is very talented (laughs) so he he worked on that song with me a little bit how does it feel to play it for a group uh does it feel nerve-wracking does it feel like cathartic yeah it's weird i don't know is it weird yeah i um I'm just so picky and I know everyone is, but like even hearing certain things, I'm like, oh, they're going to know I was flat there. They're going to know it. Um, But it's like, I don't care when other people are flat, so they won't care if I'm flat a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little weird, but it's nice. It is kind of like a warm hug, I would say to myself. Yeah. Because I love myself and it's okay that I can't sing sometimes when I'm sick. She recorded Blue Sky, the vocals while she was sick. So Maddie's version of can't sing while she's sick is still singing better than like half the world and maddie's got this like laser like focus i remember when we were tracking blue sky we had like the first couple takes back and maddie had like a page of notes with timestamps being like i was flat here i was sharp here and i don't hear anything nobody knows maddie's voice better than maddie she'll have like the notes too like the notes that it's the best thing for like sending notes to like our, our like mixing engineer but also too Maddie on that recording it was really sweet to hear you not be having to sing in a setting where you you do have to sing over other things like it's it's interesting to hear like nice to hear you sing in just a different setting with a different style of music that's not like really loud music and to not hear your like louder voice and to hear the more sensitive side reminds me how just beautiful your voice is we have time for one more track this is called the honey song
that was lovely. But unfortunately, while we were listening to the song, Maddie, you your phone cut out. So this yeah. is actually going to be really interesting uh, because you know what you sent us. We just heard it. And now we can be like, it was great. But uh, we all just like bombard you. Um, Amazing. Uh, it, yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I I it, it, more time. It cut off a little bit, though. Uh, and that was intentional. It ends abruptly. That was, I would say, more of a ditty. Um, that I wrote like the day before leaving for spring break. It was about this guy and... Uh, we were just friends, but it seemed a little romantic and sweet. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is such a healthy thing. And then um, break happened. So that song is dear to my heart because he graduated. So we're kind of parting ways for a while. I just really love that line, like, save some room for me, like, in your cup of tea in the morning. Like, that's just a really, like, gives you, like, a nice, like, warm cup of tea kind of feeling. Damn right. I like myself a uh, peppermint tea, personally. But that's because um, I'm minty like that. I don't know. I can't describe it. Do you put honey in it, though? Always. Or? Always. Okay, good. See, that's the other thing, too, is that hearing that line was like, ugh. Yeah, someone understands me because I always put honey in tea. My wife is like, oh, fuck that shit. I'm just going to put like a little milk in mine, like the Brit that she is. But of course, like me, like I just want to have some herbal with honey and that's my jam. That's how I roll. You would uh, you would be very upset with the peppermint tea that I drank yesterday then. How's that so? So I got an iced peppermint tea and uh, didn't add anything to it. Okay. I mean, do you, hon. At that point, is that mouthwash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Graham, nothing like hot mouthwash. Oh, that was iced, though. No, it was iced. Yeah, yeah it was you're right, you're right. It was Cold mouthwash, still. I don't still, think I'd like it with yes. <laughs> okay, is there like a like ritual that you guys have before you play? Sam, our guitarist, has has introduced a so tradition. I, I, the last show that we did it was our uh, actually the 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 one year anniversary of the Planned Parenthood show at the Haunt. We always do this thing. Sam gets us all in a circle. Usually says something inspirational. He likes to wax poetic like that. We all put our hands in. He says four on three. We all go one, two, three, and then hands up on four. And then that's usually like the moment before we go out on stage. Oh, that's a nice, it's like an energy. We uh, also like to yeah. not wear shoes. We do, yeah, that's a, also a thing. And now that we, we, we get really shoes. energized by taking off our shoes and running around, and then we run onto stage. And no one has fallen running onto stage yet in socks. I love that's that. That's great. I feel like I feel like that puts you in like a relaxed state where shoes just make it all the more tense. We also get Chinese food usually in between sound check and the show, which. I can't say if that helps or hinders our performance, but we do it and it's tasty. Sometimes we have yerba mate because our saxophonist David is a ambassador. So the one show where we all had a yerba mate, the songs went a little bit quicker than usual. All 20% faster <laughs> running on cap in the whole show. You guys are on Instagram at Quail the Band and you guys are actively posting. I know you said you have this covers project that you're working on right now. People could contribute and suggest songs for you to play. And how would they do that? They just email you directly? Yeah, you can email us. It's the coolest email around. We've got uh, thequailmail at gmail.com. So hit us up at the Quail Mail. You can hit us up on Facebook. We love hearing from people. Any other final plugs for the band? 
Check um, out crazy all streaming yeah, crazy platforms. On all streaming platforms, but if you can buy the one on Bandcamp, all proceeds are going to the Southside Community Center in Ithaca for Black Lives Matter. And a young Dan Yap, Jacob Graham, Gabe Zoll, Ali DeRegan, and Madison Carroll joining us on Lost and Rewound's record-setting eight-person uh, Zoom session <laughs> for this Thursday afternoon. Rachel, thank you for joining me, as always, for this. Thank you, Alon, as always, for having me on here. And thank you, Quail. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for having us. You're so thank welcome. You. Um, this is our first radio interview, and it surpassed all yes. of our expectations. Oh, it's great. Amazing. Uh, stay hydrated and stay safe and informed. And uh, always remember that Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, and Black Trans Lives Matter. I'm Alon. This has been Lost and Rewound, episode 220. Catch you here next week for another edition of LNR. And uh, yeah, this is RFB signing out. Bye. Bye. tell you that eight was enough and then you were like okay no we're not we don't need a ninth member it's tight we got it sorry that was stupid yes that <laughs> <laughs>